situation. He took a pinch in the back. He got beamed for crying out loud. We used heart attack. Lee. Managers on a major league baseball team don't make decisions. Credibility in this situation is worse than losing your job. Was it over with the Germans bomb Pearl Harbor? The castration of the major league baseball managers. We know it. Ask me about my winner. First thing we got to bring up is best of luck to Bobby Knight, who was just released from the hospital, the legendary Indiana head coach, three-time national champion, is 82 years old. Obviously, we wish him the best, hope he gets out, um, recovers soon. Um, could be remembered for some as probably being the uh, not one of the most dominant, but also one of the most forceful head coaches in college basketball history, and one that you'd probably say with the softening of society and the way things are um, being revealed, it would be very tough for Bobby Knight to have the same type of success now that he had before. But obviously a legend, one of the best to ever do it, and hope he's around for many more years. Uh, a lot of attention was brought to the uh, women's NCAA tournament and the final one by LSU over Iowa. Now Iowa had beaten the undefeated South Carolina team, which was... Um, eventful in itself. Caitlin Clark leading the way. And, uh, you know, the little bit of controversy with Angel Reese and, you know, the gesture made. And I only got one point to make about this. Once it's revealed to you that Caitlin Clark did the same thing a couple times and you still decide to criticize Angel Reese, your racism is showing. It usually comes from white people that are bothered every time they see a darker-skinned person do something. Once it's proven that Caitlin Clark, the white basketball player, did the same thing, and you're still bothered by it, and you're still trying to come up with another reason why that black player doing it was worse, your racism is showing. Now, there was an incident in Major League Baseball at the end of the Angels Athletics game. Anthony Rendon got into it with a fan. Rendon's going to be suspended. Now, Major League Baseball issues a five-game suspension. The baseball and the MLBPA agree to drop it down to four. What happens to the fan? Was this that much of an incident where Rendon went totally unprovoked at this fan? Is there no accountability for fans in the way they should treat players at the game? Now listen, fans got the right to boo. They got the right to cheer. They got the right to act up to a certain point within reason. Where is that line? And part of the investigation should be whether this fan crossed the line. Because I think it's going to be a message for other fans. You could taunt players. You could heckle players. You could boo players. There's a certain line, though, that can get crossed. And fans should not have the right to cross that line. One of my major talking points over the last couple months has been somebody's about to make a mistake in the NFL draft. Coming up near the end of April, obviously, we're just about three weeks away. You're looking, I'm sorry, less than three weeks. Yeah, kind of, kind of around three weeks away. But there's going to be a team that's going to take a quarterback in the top three. You're probably looking at the fourth NFL draft in the history of the, the draft.
to have quarterbacks go one, two, and three? And which one's going to be Zach Wilson? Which team is going to waste a pick that high on a quarterback that ends up doing nothing? I'm going to continue to drive this point home because it's going to happen. Hendon Hooker out of Tennessee is going to be a better NFL quarterback than at least a couple of the four quarterbacks that are going to go, let's say, in the top seven or at the very least the top ten. And I think there is a lot of talent. I think C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson and Will Levis, there's a lot of talent there. Will Levis has the big arm. The the fir- former two ha- have played at the high stage for a, very, for a very long time and have done a very good job. And Richardson's got, you know, all the all, all the tools, right? You know, he, he's, he's got reach, he's got vertical jump. Half of these quarterbacks aren't going to make it in the NFL. Two of the four aren't. I'm making that very clear. There's a chance that quarterbacks could go one through three in a draft, maybe even one through four. Two teams are going to make a mistake here. And like I said, Hendon Hooker out of Tennessee... I believe, has a better future than two of these four quarterbacks. The question is who? Who is going to fail? Who's going to be that Zach Wilson? Because just a couple years ago, there was nobody panicking over the fact that the Jets took Zach Wilson out of BYU with the second overall pick in a draft. Less than two years later, it looks like it's done. It looks like it's a bust. And NFL teams are going to make the same mistake again. So I have an exciting announcement on a PBS show. We're going to continue to try to come up with different things that are hopefully going to draw a little more attention. You know, there's a lot of sports history out there, and I'm announcing that there's going to be a PBS top 10 segment that's going to be in one-minute YouTube clips. We're going to talk about things about, the, the let's say, the top 10 quarterbacks in the history of pro football, the top 10 NBA players of all time, and we're going to keep it down to one minute, share it as a YouTube short, and get your opinion. Comment the hell out of it. Comment the shit out of it. That's what I want. The more attention it draws, the more I'll do follow-up shows and get into deeper angles of why I believe the way I believe. But coming very soon, possibly as soon as today, PBS Top 10 One Minute YouTube Clips. Now we move into what we call saving sports history. Today is the fourth day of April 2023, and on this day in 1937, the fourth Augusta National, which is now known as the Masters, Byron Nelson, legendary golfer, wins the first of his five majors by two strokes. A year later, on the same day, Henry Picard won his only major by winning the 5th Augusta National. 1948, kind of one of the more uh, loony or kooky things to happen in Major League Baseball history. 84-year-old at the time owner, Connie Mack of the Philadelphia Athletics, challenged longtime Washington Senators owner, Clark Griffith, to a race. A race between home and first base. So the two elderly men ran down the the first baseline, neck and neck. It turned out to be a tie. Today in 1974, one of the great moments in baseball history, maybe a precursor to it. But a lot of people know about Hank Aaron hitting home run number 715 off of Al Downing. 
of the Dodgers. But on this day in 1974, Hank Aaron hit his 714th home run in Cincinnati off of Jack Billingham. 1983, one of the greatest games in the history of college basketball, NC State and Jim Valvano. And Jim Valvano's picture is right across from where I record here. One of the more inspirational coaches and one of my heroes when it comes to the world of sports led the NC State team to a 54-52 win over Phi Slamma Jamma with Lorenzo Charles putting in uh, Derek Wittenberg's 30-foot shot right at the end to win the national championship. 1986, Wayne Gretzky got his 213th point setting an NHL record. Oh, by the way, he broke his own record. 1988, Kansas beats Oklahoma for the NCAA championship. Danny Manning was the most outstanding player. Also in 1988, Cincinnati, Riverfront Stadium, um, a record set for the most fans in attendance for an opening day, 55,438. Though, I believe it was six years later, the Yankees would break that record. But what stands out about Cincinnati and opening day is the history that existed with baseball starting the season in Cincinnati. Going back to the days of Crosley Field and, of course, well into the Riverfront Stadium days and obviously to the opening of the Great American Ballpark, baseball started in Cincinnati. There was a parade. It was something that was traditional. It was something that for some reason, Major League Baseball, and this was before Rob Manfred, so it's something I can't blame on him, but I think it's something that should be considered again, having baseball start in its own, its, its own place. And one of the birthplaces of baseball, Cincinnati, with its rich baseball history, was the perfect spot for it. And if anybody has had a chance to be part of the Cincinnati parade that they had before opening day, it, it was a treasure. It was something very much worth watching. And I believe it's something that Major League Baseball should think about again. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on this day in 1989 played in this last game against the Seattle Supersonics. That was the last game of the legendary NBA player's basketball career. And in spite of scoring more points than anybody in NBA history up through this season, he is one of the more dominant players to ever play in the NBA that isn't getting the credit he deserves. In 1993, the 12th NCAA Women's Championship, Texas Tech beat Ohio State 84-82. Cheryl Swoops was the most outstanding player. In 1994, the 56th Annual NCAA Men's Championship, Nolan Richardson led the Arkansas Razorbacks to a 76-72 win over the Duke Blue Devils for their first national championship. In 2011, the 73rd championship, Connecticut, which we remember Connecticut because they won the national championship this past year, they beat Butler 53-41 to with Kemba Walker dominating the court at that time. Births on this day, the fourth day of April, Tris Speaker was born on this day in 1888, one of the greatest offensive position players to ever play, longtime career with the Cleveland Ball Club and the Boston Red Sox. Uh, Hall of Fame manager Gil Hodges led the Mets to the 1969 World Series championship, was one of the better offensive first basemen. Um, could, could play the bag, too. Played some defense, but 
in the 1950s was probably the best first baseman in all of baseball. Finally got to the Hall of Fame this past year. He was born on this day in 1924. A. Bartlett Giamatti, probably one of the better commissioners in the history of Major League Baseball. He didn't get a chance to do it for too long. He uh, ended up with an untimely passing and, a, and an early death. But he was born on this day in 1938. One year later, heavyweight boxing champion Ernie Terrell, who was known for his insistence on calling Muhammad Ali Cassius Clay during a build-up to one of their fights, was born on this day in 1939. NHL Hall of Famer Dale Howarchuk was born on this day in 1963. And former NFL linebacker and head coach Jack Del Rio was born on this day in 1963. Deaths on the fourth day of April 2023, Guy Chamberlain. Uh, was one of the be the best player to ever come out of the University of Nebraska. Two-way player, halfback, and was a six-time NFL champion in the decade of the 1920s. Won his first championship in 1919. Was uh, passed away on this day in 1967. One of the greatest names in the history of Major League Baseball, certainly for a pitcher. Early win passed away on this day in. Uh, 1999, um, 2015, we lost Montreal Canadiens Hall of Famer and three-time Stanley Cup champion in 1944, 46, and 53, Elmer Lack. Uh, he, he died on this day in 2015. And Whitey Skoke, who was a, a three-time NBA champion with the Minneapolis Lakers, 1952, 53, and 54, he passed away on this day in 2019. So stay tuned to more coming with the Passball Show. You can find me flapping my app mouth, uh, whether it's on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, videos on YouTube. Passball Show is brought to you by JohnPLA.com, St. Aloysius Church in Jackson, New Jersey, and Two Ways, One Passion Food Truck located in Scranton, Pennsylvania. God bless you, and as always, I'll see you on the other side. Chris Bryant was on the Chicago Cubs roster opening day. I have many leather-bound books. My apartment smells of rich mahogany. Why don't you give it all or a majority of it to the team that wins the freaking World Series? I was going to listen to that, but then I just carried on living my life. Now they come out as the biggest Major League Baseball manager apologist. That'll only make someone work just hard enough not to get fired. Because hitters are going out there saying, I'm either going to hit a home run or I'm going to strike out. And if I don't get a pitch that I feel like I could drive out of the park. I'm not even supposed to be here today. Especially prospect horrors and hoarders are going to be a little pissed off at me when I say this. I'm a dude there are only two managers in baseball's Hall of Fame who have losing records. One of them is the iconic Tony Mack, who you could say, in spite of winning five World Series championships as a manager, could be in as much as a pioneer. And what side of the spectrum they're on? Were they pitching? Were they batting? If your favorite team was pitching and a ball got inside and hit a batter, there's no way it could have been on purpose. But if you were a fan of the team that was batting and a ball got inside and hit somebody or went behind somebody's head, absolutely 100%, unequivocally, that pitcher was throwing at they put their tail between their legs, decided they're going to do exactly what they're told. Get damn 
damn well right better give him a contract extension. You damn well right better make him the manager over the next series of years. 35 years ago, I could have loaned your parents the money for an abortion.